It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wherever you are, would you just give him that praise? The Bible tells us that we ought to offer, not the praise team, not a pastor, but the fruit of our lips, giving him thanks and praise. So would you just put on your lips a praise? I don't know. I don't know what praise you have. God, thank you. You're holy. You're, you're good. You're righteous. You're wonderful. Hallelujah. God, we love you so much. And we again, thank you for the privilege of worship and Thank you so much, God, that you dwell, you build your abode, you build your home in the middle of our praise. And so, God, we thank you on this another Mother's Day that we have the opportunity to say thank you and show gratitude not only to you, but to all of our mothers and those who have acted in the place of mother. And we pause to say thank you. And so now, God, we pray that as we continue to go in our time of worship together wherever people are connecting that you Holy Spirit would meet them where they are would you give them a word that would encourage would you remind them in a song of your goodness but Holy Spirit most importantly will you do the work of comfort would you do the work of strengthening would you do the work of remembering thank you Holy Spirit for being our leader and our teacher and it's in the name above all others that we pray in Jesus name and all that agreed with that said amen and amen. One more time, would you just give him praise, give him thanks. Amen, amen, amen. Happy Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day to all of you who are moms and those of you who may not be physical mothers, but many of you act in uh, roles as spiritual moms. Some of you are aunts uh, and you act as a mom in kind. Uh, grandmothers, uh, you all are uh, anointed to spoil. Uh, and we thank God for you and for your gifts. Uh, I'm also mindful during this season, especially during COVID, so many of you that are listening, uh, you have lost loved ones during the pandemic or maybe even prior to that. And so even on Mother's Day, a time that we celebrate and a time that we rejoice in motherhood, uh, we know that many of you have these tough places in your heart, uh, that this can be a very tender time and so we're praying for God's comfort. The song, uh, as the minister uh, was sharing in, in song, he reminded us that God can be a mother to the motherless. And so we pray that God's strength would be with you. And finally, uh, as I was preparing for today's message, the Lord strongly urged me to say this. Do you know that when we have Mother's Day and Father's Day and even Thanksgiving and these other holidays, not everybody grows up in a household that is healthy? Not everybody grows up in a household where uh, mother was thought of in a fond way. And so let me just say to all of you who struggle with the idea of mom, uh, and it was not always pleasant, and it was not always good, uh, let me just say this one thing that your mother did right, 
she brought you here. She brought you here. Amen. And so even, even if your childhood and your rearing was not all that it could be, to God be the glory that the Lord allowed uh, her to be the vehicle and the vessel by which you have come. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. God, what a reminder that if it weren't for you, not our alarm systems, not our carefulness, not our cars and their seatbelts, if it had not been for you, where would we be? Thank you, God, for all that you do. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your provision. Thank you, God, for your continued love for us. And on this yet another Mother's Day, we thank you so much for the mothers and for those who have acted in place of moms, who have nurtured us and provided for us, sacrificed for us, that we might be all that we could be. Holy Spirit, would you continue to breathe on your word, breathe on us, that we, God, might hear your heart, and that we may be all that you have called us to be in these most challenging times. And so, God, we pray that you would get the glory as your word speaks. Holy Spirit, we need you. And it's in the name above all of others that we pray in Jesus' name. And all that agree with that said amen and amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would today open them with me to the book of Revelation. And we're going to do a couple of things here in the book of Revelation. But Revelation chapter 18. Revelation chapter 18. We are moving forward quite uh, well in the book of Revelation and almost actually towards the end of it. So Revelation chapter 18, I'm reading from the New International Version, beginning at verse 1, it says, After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven. He had great authority, and the earth was illuminated by his splendor. With the mighty voice, he shouted, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling for demons and a haunt for every impure spirit a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable animal. For all the nations, listen, all the nations have drunk the maddening wine of her adulteries. The kings and queen, the kings of the earth committed adultery with her, and the merchants of the earth grew rich from her excessive luxuries. Then I heard another voice from heaven say, come out of her, my people so that you will not share in her sins, so that you will not receive any of her plagues. For her sins are piled up to heaven, and God has remembered her crimes. Give back to her as she has given. Pay her back double for what she has done. Pour her a double portion from her own cup. Give her as much torment and grief as the glory and luxury she gave herself. In her heart she boasts. I sit enthroned as queen. I'm not a widow. I will never mourn. Therefore, in one day, her plagues will overtake her. Death, mourning, and famine. She will be consumed by fire, for mighty is the Lord God who judges her. When the kings of the earth who committed adultery with her and shared her luxury see the smoke of her burning, they will weep and mourn over her. 
terrified at her torment, they will stand far off and cry, Woe, woe to you, great city, you mighty city of Babylon. In one hour, your doom has come. The merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargoes anymore. Cargoes of gold, silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet cloth, every sort of citron wood and articles of every kind made of ivory, costly wood, bronze, iron and marble. Cargoes of cinnamon and spice, of incense, myrrh and frankincense, of wine and olive oil, of fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and carriages, and human beings sold as slaves. They will say, the fruit you long for is gone from you. All your luxury and splendor have vanished, never to be recovered. The merchants who sold these things and gained their wealth from her will stand far off, terrified at her torment. And they will weep and mourn and cry out, woe, woe to you, great city, dressed in fine linen, purple and scarlet and glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. In one hour, such great wealth has been brought to ruin. Every sea captain and all who travel by ship, the sailors and all who earn their living from the sea will stand far off. Notice everybody standing far off from them now. When they see the smoke of her burning, they will exclaim, was there ever a city like this great city? They will throw dust on their heads and with weeping and mourning will cry out, woe, woe to you, great city, where all who had ships on the sea became rich through her wealth. In one hour, she has been brought to ruin. Rejoice over her, you heavens. Rejoice, you people of God. Rejoice, apostles and prophets, for God has judged her with the judgment she imposed on you. Then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a large millstone, threw it in the sea and said, with such violence, the great city of Babylon will be thrown down, never to be found again. The music of harpists and musicians, pipers and trumpeters will never be heard in you again. No worker of any trade will ever be found in you again. The sound of a millstone will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The voice of bridegroom and bride will never be heard in you again. Your merchants were the world's important people. By your magic spell, all the nations were led astray. In her was found the blood of prophets, of God's holy people, of all who have been slaughtered on the earth. I want to talk today on this Mother Day, Mother's Day from this subject, contrast in motherhood, contrast in motherhood. I'm going to go somewhere with this. It'll make sense in a moment. <clears throat> For many of you all, you know that we are now coming to the culmination of the book of Revelation. It is a book where God allows one of his apostles, one of his chosen 12, uh, to be given a glimpse, to be given a prophetic uh, opportunity to see things that are to come. And John, this beloved disciple, this apostle on the Isle of Patmos, the Bible says, was caught up in the spirit. And the Lord opened the heavens and began to reveal to him not only uh, the judgment that was to come, but also the victory that was to come through Jesus Christ. And so, you all, as we're coming towards the end of the book of Revelation, we've seen the judgments of God poured out on the earth. Watch this now. We've seen God in wave after wave after wave, send judgment to those who during the time 
where the church has been taken from the earth. And the day will come, the Bible says, that every believer in Jesus Christ will be raptured or will be taken from this earth. All right. The Bible says in the twinkling of an eye will be changed, will be uh, transformed into the glory that is that of Christ. And when that opportunity in that moment happens where the church has been taken away from the earth, the Bible tells us that there will come a time uh, on the earth where there will be great tribulation. And that will be done at the hands of Satan and his representatives. Satan will raise up two pr principal characters during this time. It will be the Antichrist. Uh, we often refer to him as the beast. And it will be his sidekick or his prophet who will act on behalf of the Antichrist and on behalf of Satan. But given power to work miracles and power to, to create a global church. So this is what's going to happen. Babylon, as we talked last week is going to be a kingdom power, a kingdom force uh, like never before. You all, we have not really seen a global empire. We have seen, you all, many strong empires in the world. As a matter of fact, whether you believe it or not, the United States of America uh, is a governing power that's considered to be one of the most powerful global powers and one of the most powerful global forces, all right? Many say that China is rising as that kind of nation. However, you are, the day will come where these governments, the influence and the control and the sway that they will have will cause entire countries to yield their power to that of the Antichrist. In other words, it would be like the United States and the President and the Congress deciding to turn over their political power and turn over their wealth to the leadership and the rulership of Satan and his forces. The spirit of Babylon, which is a city, uh, is behind all of this. And during the tribulation, I want you all, I'm not going to go back through these verses. The Bible kind of gives us a glimpse. While there is suffering, while there is torment, while people have no water to drink, right? When the locusts have taken all of the fields, when, when a third of the grass and the greenery on the entire earth has been destroyed, when the global temperature has changed, right? Because the sun has been darkened, right? Uh, when all, and as a matter of fact, when God strikes the sun and allows the sun to scorch the earth, all the fields are no longer yielding a grain and food and the animals are not able to eat properly. In a time of global upheaval, in a time where people cannot buy and sell and people People are in deep poverty, boils on their skin, in deep, deep pain. The Bible tells us, you all, that in the midst of this is this Babylonian uh, empire, this, this, this Babylon, this, this idea of this kingdom who is extremely wealthy. I need you to hear a little bit about uh, the kind of stuff that she has. It says her influence, her power was so amazing that the demand for wealth, the demand for luxury items, the, the demand for the haves to have more increase during this time. So even in the midst of a pandemic, uh, even in the midst of a global uh, upheaval, we find ourselves watching people dying, people having no access to food, but yet those who are wealthy getting wealthier. Look what it says in verse 11 of Revelation 18. The merchants of the earth, in other words, the people who are buying and selling with Babylon. Listen, when Babylon is destroyed, first of all, God says, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to destroy Babylon, and it's not going to take a long time. In one hour, 
In one hour, I'm going to take all of the wealth that she's accumulated, all of the wealth that has been amassed throughout all the time that uh, Babylon has existed. I'm going to take that in one hour, and I'm going to cause the markets to crash. When, when the markets crash, when this uh, Babylon no longer has power, listen, the merchants, uh, the seafarers, all the people that we're looking at, they didn't cry when the judgment of God came. They, they weren't weeping when the judgment of God hit the earth. They were not weeping when those who were marked with the beast uh, and the sign of the beast were having to make allegiance to uh, the Antichrist and then those who chose not to were murdered. Nobody was weeping. Nobody was crying about that. But look at what they cried about. Verse 11, the merchants, the money sellers of the earth will weep and mourn over her. Why? Because no one can buy their cargoes anymore. Cargoes of gold, silver, precious stones, pearls, linen, purple, silk, scarlet cloth, every sort of wood, articles of every kind of ivory, costly wood, bronze, marble, cinnamon. Spice. Listen, in the midst of all this stuff, what nobody thinking about no cinnamon? What nobody thinking about no spice except for the wealthy? And it says that now the merchants mourn. And they said in verse 14, the fruit you long for is gone from you, Babylon. All your luxury have vanished. And it happened in one hour. And they will weep and mourn and they will cry out that this great wealth has been brought to ruin. Look down at verse 17. The people who were uh, seafarers and who were traveling by ship and selling their wares and using the waterways. It says every sea captain and all who travel by ship, the sailors and all in them, they also will stand off from her. They're distancing themselves from her now and they will mourn. They will see the smoke of the city burning, and they will say, will there ever be a city like that again? And they will throw dust on their head, and they will mourn for the falling of the source of their wealth. And they will say, woe to you, great city, where all who had ships on the sea became rich through her wealth. Let me just pause for a minute. This is a totally unrelated subject. But you all, you do know that there are people who capitalize off of other people's pain. Let me just say that again. You all, there are people who take people's misfortune and take people's pain and they capitalize on it. In a time where there's global poverty, in a time where people are sick with boils on their skin, in a time where people don't have access to food, the wealthy are wanting more splendor and more fine, luxurious items. And their weeping and their mourning is not over the people that are poor and not over the people that are disenfranchised and not over the people that don't have anything. But listen to what it says. They begin to mourn. Why? Because we became rich through her wealth, and in one hour, she has been brought to ruin. Guess what? In one hour, they have been brought to ruin. And so their mourning was not over the condition of the world. It was over their condition. But God says, listen, while all of those rich people that are capitalizing on the misfortunes of others are mourning, all those that are looking at the wealth of Babylon and all that she's amassed and all of the influence that she's had uh, demonically over people, uh, this is what God's people are going to do. We're going to rejoice. We're going to rejoice, apostles and prophets. We're going to rejoice for God has judged her. Let me just take, take a moment. Don't you feel the need that you have to judge people because that's not your job. Amen. Sometimes you all will see people and we'll assume 
that it's our job to, to tell somebody what they're supposed to do and tell somebody how they're supposed to do or to sit in the seat of judgment with somebody. You are, That's not your job. Let God fight your battles. Let God judge those who have been wrong. And God says, listen, even though it may not have come when they wanted it to, even though it may not have come the way that they wanted to, the judgment of God came upon the wicked. The judgment of God came upon those that were making a financial gain on the part of the disenfranchised. And I know right now in America, and I know right now for those that are looking globally, you wonder why the have seem to have more and the have not seem to have less. And I know some of y'all seem to wonder why is it that the wicked seem to prosper and the righteous seem to struggle. I came to let you know that it may not happen when you want it and it may not happen the way you want it and it may not happen in the time frame that you expect it. But God will always provide for his own. He'll always protect his own and he will always judge those who are not in and of him. But then God says uh, a prophetic word to this evil empire. He says a prophetic word. I'm going somewhere with this. He says this prophetic word to this, uh, this kingdom that is often uh, given uh, the gender of a woman and, and called the great prostitute. Not only wealthy in economic power, listen, not only wealthy in the ability to buy and sell and trade, not only wealthy as it relates to the global markets, but also in her demonic influence, being able to influence kingdoms to be immoral, influencing those who are uh, leaders to fall into immorality, and not just any kind of immorality, but listen, but to purposefully attack the people of God to purposely come after those who do not have the mark of the beast. I share with you all uh, uh, in, in the opening that my best friend in an alley with his wife doing yard work was met by a demoniac that basically said, if you do not denounce Jesus Christ, I'm going to kill you. Took a shovel. As Matthew said, he beat them so bad the shovel a handle broke off as he was beating them with the shovel in their faces. And they had to have re this demoniac in 2021 says, listen, the power of Babylon, the power of the demonic whore, this prostitute that is telling people do not honor God, do not worship God, do not call on his name. And if you choose to not do it, your very life is threatened. Well, you all, this Babylon, this kingdom is not just an economic kingdom. It's not just a kingdom about buying and selling. But it, listen, it wielded authority and it wielded influence globally so that kings and kingdoms would worship the beast. Kings and kingdoms would worship the Antichrist. And listen, and it said in the previous chapter, and it alluded to it here, that the more, listen, the more that those kings kill Christians, it says that the wine of the blood of the saints, that the blood of the saints was like alcohol to this kingdom. The more of them that died, the more drunken and the more intoxicated and the more euphoric they became. Hear me well. That means in those days, kingdoms will become more joyful and more euphoric and gleeful as the children of God are massacred and murdered. You all, you need to hear me well now. For all of us that have been living in ease and comfort and all of us that have chosen the way of comfort, there was this Babylonian kingdom often compared to as a woman, often compared to as a whore or a prostitute that influenced not only the global markets but the mindset of the world. You all, this in a sense was a, a, a mother of, of sorts who decided to influence uh, all of her spiritual children. 
in a way that would lead them further and further away from God. What kind of mother was this Babylonian uh, woman or this Babylonian kingdom? Selfish. Everything about her was about give me and let me have wealth and let me be arrayed in beautiful uh, attire and let me have all of the accoutrements of success. And not only that, but I want to use all of the people around me to also do those same things. You all, there are many parents, and let me just say this, parents, there are many parents that do not understand what real motherhood is about. Motherhood is totally opposite of what you see in this text. It says that the, the, the Babylonian kingdom, this Babylonian woman, Woman, this prostitute, all she wanted was what made her happy. All she wanted was the wealth and the luxurious uh, clothing that would adorn her. All she wanted was the type of items in her uh, presence that would make her feel good. And no matter what she had to do to get them, no matter what sacrifices had to be made, she made those things. Listen, not for the poor, not for anybody else, but for herself. And there are many parents, and I don't know who I'm talking to today, and maybe you don't know, and it's, listen, it's no indictment, because maybe you don't know, but there are many parents that don't realize that when you become a parent, it is no longer about you. It's no longer about you. I know you, I know you thought the song was about you, don't you, don't you, but it's really not about you. The moment that you became a parent, the moment that you became a mom, at that moment, as a matter of fact, when the baby started growing in you, it started reminding you that you ain't your body no more. You, you ain't in charge of nothing. The moment the baby got inside of you, it start eating your food. Come on now. It start telling you how you're going to walk. It says, oh, no, no, no. You, you, you're not going to sleep this way for a long time. You're going to sleep this way. Come on now. The, you're, you're, the, the baby in you begin to say, as a result of my presence in you, it's going to change everything about you. And so when the baby's born, you all, we don't realize that parents, that moms in particular, are not to be like this mother image that we see here in this chapter of Revelation. Not this selfish uh, woman, not this selfish person, but instead there's a contrasting view that the scriptures give us. But let me finish this out real quick. It says in verse uh, 27, this is the final judgment of God. The music that you would normally play, the harpists and the trumpets, no one will ever hear that in your, in your kingdom again. No more trade will happen with you again. Uh, no more uh, a commerce will happen with you again. As a matter of fact, verse 23, the light of a lamp will never shine in your kingdom again. The voice of the bridegroom and the bride will never be heard in you again. Your merchants were the world's most important people. In other words, your, listen, your influence, Babylon, on all the merchants of the world, it was for the important people. And by your magic spell, all the nations were led astray. In her was found the blood of prophets and of God's holy people of all who had been slaughtered on the earth. God says, you know what? In one hour, hallelujah, in one hour, I'm going to put to death this kingdom. You all, I'm so grateful that it may not happen how you want it. And it may not happen when you want it. But when God judges something, he judges it right. I don't know who is trying to retaliate today. I don't know who's angry at somebody and you're trying to exact justice and you're trying to exact vengeance upon them. Let me tell you something. There's nobody that can exact vengeance greater than God. Amen. There's nobody that can exact judgment greater than God. But let me get back to this. This idea of Babylon, this idea of a kingdom whose influence allowed nations to be drunk with the wine of the blood of the martyrs. 
her influence that caused her own wealth and her own luxury and her own comfort to increase exponentially and exponentially as the people who were working for her were also gaining wealth. That mindset of motherhood, that mindset of self, uh, of, of being self-centered is not really the view that God would have for us to look at as it relates to motherhood. But on this Mother's Day, you all, I'm looking at Babylon. I'm looking at the way in which she operated. I'm looking at the influence that she offered and, and made over those that were subject or those that were connected to her. But then I see a contrast in scripture that reminds me of the mothers that are such a blessing. If you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 31, Proverbs 31. I'm actually going to begin at verse 13, verse 13, verse 13. I didn't tell them this, so I just do this wrench at them. Uh, Proverbs 31, uh, verse 13, verse 13. It says, she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's like, a mer she's like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. Uh, it's no, notice, notice, notice the similarities, right? Uh, we remember in Babylon, it talked about the fact that the ships were connected to her and, and the, the way in which the, the sailors and all the seamen and all those people were connected to her life. Well, it seems like this woman also uh, has an influence with merchants, but it's for a very different reason. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. Not, not upset, not, not hesitant, not upset about doing stuff, but works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar so just like a ship would go way away and bring all the necessary items uh, she is like those ships bringing her food from afar uh, verse 16 uh, while everybody else in the house is asleep she gets up while it's still night well, everybody else is still relaxed and chilling. She realizes, I got to get stuff to, together for school. I've got to get stuff together because it's snowing outside. I've got to get stuff together because the kids have got to get going. So while everybody else is turning over, wiping slob out their mouth, she gets up while it's still night and she starts making breakfast. She starts making lunches. She starts providing food for her family and portions for her uh, household. Verse 16, she considers a field. Listen, you all, what I love about mothers is that mothers are not one-dimensional, all right? I remember when I was uh, uh, younger, there was a commercial called, I think, uh, Angele. It said, uh, you can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan. And you know, bottom line, in other words, women can do more than one thing. And so even though the mother is an amazing home uh, uh, take care of, she take care of the home, look what she says in verse 16. She considers a field and buys it. She's a real estate person. Uh, let me just say this, moms, just because you are a mom and just because your main and primary job that God has given you is to provide for your children and to care for them and to God be the glory that you are. Thank God that you comb their hair and thank God that you help make sure that they have all that they need. But you all, it also says that part of what her skill and gifting was is that she had the ability to go and look at property and decide what she wanted to buy. She considered 
enters a field and buys it. What I love about this is it didn't say nothing about, and she had to ask her husband. It says she went out, looked for a field, and she bought it. Let me just say to all the women that are out there that are moms, to God be the glory that you comb their hair, that you fix their food, that you make sure that they have all that they do. But let me just say something to you. Don't you lose who you are. Don't you lose the vision and the dream that God gave you. Don't you lose the fact that there's entrepreneurial ideas inside of you and that there's opportunities for you to get wealth and there's opportunities for you to do things that would benefit not only your family but even yourself. It says she goes out and, and sees a field and she buys it and out of her earnings, look at this, she's flipping it. So out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. So not only is she in real estate, but she's also in agriculture. Come on now, don't play with me. This woman is a bad woman. Not only is she making sure her family is fed, but she's also going out looking at property, buying property, and then out of the earnings and the profit that she makes on the property, she takes that money and she goes and plants a vineyard. Let me say you all, when I look at the Bible, at a mom and at virtuous women, these are not just women that are in the kitchen barefoot. These are not women that are just one-dimensional, but they're multifaceted women. And I thank God that for mothers that are out there, you're not just one-dimensional. Maybe people only see you in one dimension. Maybe they only see you as just a mama. But let me tell you, you're much more than a mama. You are an entrepreneur. You are a businesswoman. You are an idea maker. You are somebody that has influence and you have the ability to do some things. And I pray in the name of Jesus on this Mother's Day in the midst of a pandemic that you would turn maybe this season of your life where you found yourself alone and thinking and strategizing about your future realizing that yes you are a mother yes you have a responsibility to your children but what dream is in you what idea is in you what business plan is in you and are you willing to be like the woman in the scripture as a matter of fact when I read Proverbs 31 I've never heard a preacher talk about uh, this woman being a businesswoman, but this woman went and saw a fear she she bought it she did not wait to get some money from her man she bought it she bought the field and when she bought it the earnings she got which meant she was calculating the amount of money she could make on the on the investment that she had and she knew that when she flipped it she could make a higher money or amount of money on the return than what she invested and when she got that money she went and planted a vineyard oh my god listen not only does a vineyard produce grapes but it also produces is wine. She said, I'm going to be so bad about it. I'm going to look at deciding what kind of agricultural uh, uh, thing can I go into that will be multifaceted in its outcome. Oh, woman of God, I don't know who I'm talking to, but you better have a vision today. You better realize that, yes, you are a mother, but on this Mother's Day in pandemic America, on this Mother's Day in a post-pandemic world, you need to realize your entrepreneurial skill and put on your cap and start getting to work, honey, because there's money and there's blessing in you. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I feel God. I feel God. Verse 17. She sets about at her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for the task. Woman of God. Your arms have been made strong for the task. Listen, you all, I know some of y'all have wondered, hallelujah, why have I had to lift so much? Why have I had to carry so much? Some of y'all are single parents, and you've had to carry the weight of childbearing and child-rearing 
by yourself. Some of y'all have wondered, why have I had to lift the burden so much? And why have I had to lift the responsibility of my family so much? Can I tell you why? I know you've wondered why. It says, because for you to have strong arms for the task, you've got to lift some heavy things. Some of y'all have been lifting heavy things because the task that you're called to do requires strong arms. And listen, child of God, if you can raise a child by yourself, you can start a business too. If you can raise a child by yourself, you can break through the glass ceiling. If you can start and raise a child and you can do the work that you've been doing already, your arms are stronger than you think. And so the Bible says this woman, she is ready for the task because her arms have been made strong. I'm almost done. Verse 18. She sees that her trading is profitable. And her lamp does not go out at night. Hallelujah. Listen, I wonder how many of y'all ladies have been staying up at night, haven't been able to rest a lot lately because ideas have been coming to you. Oh, I feel like I'm prophesying to somebody. I wonder how many of y'all have been having ideas that just don't seem to be going anywhere. It says you all that her lamp does not go out at night. In other words, she's going back to school. She's online on the computer. She's finding ways to heighten her skill set. She's finding ways to figure out ways to enter into the market again. She, why, listen, while everybody else's lamps are out, while everybody else is asleep watching Netflix, oh no, 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 no. She is at work. Her lamp does not go out. Verse 19, in her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. Boy, this woman is a bad lady. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. What a contrast in motherhood. We find that the whore of Babylon, the great prostitute, this kingdom that was self-centered, self-driven, self-absorbed, when it saw the poor, it could care less about them. When it saw the marginalized, it could care less about them, but not this woman. Even though profitable, even though business acumen was her skill, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. And let me just say this, Mom, what an example you're providing for your children. What You may not know that they're looking, but they're watching. And when they see how you handle the poor, and when they see how you love on the mis misfortunate, and they see how you care for those who others have discarded, you are planting inside of them a view of caring for the poor. And let me say for all of y'all that feel like you're being pushovers, listen, why is it that everybody calls me and I ain't got nothing? Have you ever asked that question? Why is everybody calling my phone when I'm broke, I told them last week I was broke. They know I'm broke, but they keep calling me. And yet, some kind of way, you find a way, don't you, to be a blessing to them. Can I tell you who's watching? Your kids. Your kids are watching how in the midst of your own struggle, what are you doing? You're giving. <laughs> in the midst of your own struggle, you're giving. But let me just pull, pull, pull another. Some of y'all, in the midst of your own struggle, you're worshiping. And your children are watching how you deal with trouble. Other folk get high. Other folk get drunk. Other folk do all kind of stuff to cope and deal with their issues and deal with their anxiety and deal with their stress. But what you do is that you lean into God. You start worshiping more. You start praising more. You start praying more. And sometimes you start giving more. Ain't got nothing but the little bit that you got. You decide to give it to somebody and help the poor. And can I tell you who's watching? Your children are watching. And you're stamping in them. And you're placing in them when hell and high water.
daughter happens in your life, son. When hell breaks out in your life, daughter, don't you run to drugs. Don't you run to alcohol. Don't you run to somebody's arms. But you start worshiping. You start giving. You start serving. You start doing what God has ordained. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. Part of this mother's blessing is to be a blessing. Verse 21, when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. Watch this now. She wasn't worried about being clothed in scarlet herself. She made sure that her children were clothed. Let me just say this, Mama. I, there was a time that parents didn't mind looking a little janky so that their kids looked nice. Oh, but not today. No, 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 no. You got to get your hair straight from India. You know, you're you just as black as I am. Ain't nothing about that hair connected to you other than the tracks that, have, that are holding it. And your kids look like ragamuffins. Your kids look like somebody hit them and left them. And here it is, you, your nails are always done, your makeup is always together, you got on the newest outfit, you got on the newest hairdo, and your child looks like they have been thrown away. No, she makes sure that they are clothed in scarlet. I thank God that I had a mother that sacrificed. I just wonder if there's anybody else out there that would testify that you had a mother that sacrificed, that chose to not have so you could have. She may not have been all that you want your mother to be, but can I tell you what she did do? She made sure she did the best that you could have what you needed. She sacrificed. It says that, verse 22, she makes coverings for her bed and is clothed in fine linen and purple. So she, she makes sure she takes care of herself, but notice the order. She makes sure her family's taken care of first, and then she takes care of herself. Verse 26, she's clothed. This is the contrast in motherhood. This mother, unlike Babylon, unlike the evil, unlike the demonic kingdom, unlike the one that is self-absorbed, she, however, this woman, is clothed with strength and dignity. That's her garment. Let me just say this, woman of God, you may not be able to go out and get your brand new outfit, but can I tell you on this Mother's Day what you have? Strength. Dignity. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would not look at what you would find at Neiman Marcus or what you would find at Saks as more valuable of a garment than strength and dignity. It says she's clothed in strength and dignity. And because of that, look, she can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Here it is, verse 28. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband does also, and he praises her. Many, many women do noble things, but moms, you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord, she's to be praised. And on this Mother's Day, look at verse 31. Honor her, honor her for all that her hands have done and let her, let her works bring her praise at the city gate. The end of this chapter says that with all of these accolades, with all of these things that this virtuous woman, that this mother does, the end result, it says, now this is the response, honor her. Honor her. Not for what she hasn't done, 
But honor her for all the things she's done. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. And so on this Mother's Day, I pray that you would take a moment, whether your mother is physically with you or not, but to honor her. Young people, hear me now. Hear me, hear me, young people. Hear me. The day will come that you will not have your mother with you. And I know right now she gets on your nerves, right? She bothered me, man. Why I got to do that? Why I got to do that? Why I got to brush my teeth so you can have teeth? That, that's, that's one reason she want, you got to brush your teeth so you can have teeth and not be walking around the way, like that. Why I got to go to school? Uh, so you can, like, not be dumb. Why I got to clean up my room so that you can learn responsibility? I know you don't like it. But on Mother's Day, more than making a little card and doing something is great. Honor her for what she's done for you. Honor her for the sacrifice you know she's made for you. And don't just figure out some kind of way to just say something on something. Tell her, Mama, thank you. Do you know that just that one little word will mean more than any macaroni art work you'll do? Young people, listen, honor her. Honor her for the work she's done for you. And on this Mother's Day, what a contrast in motherhood. An evil kingdom, a woman that's considered to be considered and called a, a prostitute who could care less about anything other than herself, and everything about her personality is just about acquiring more. Proverbs 31, the opposite. A woman who is got an incredible work ethic, takes care of her family, but also is mindful that she has unique gifts that go beyond just parenting. But when those gifts come in play, she takes the fruit of those entrepreneurial and business things and does what? Blesses the poor and blesses her family again. And as a result, on this Mother's Day, we honor you. For every mom who has chosen to not have a pedicure so that your child could be entered into that summer program, that camp. Yeah. Thank you. For every mom who's chosen to, to still have to put a new heel on that same shoe <laughs> and not get some new shoes because you want to make sure that your kids have the things that they need, thank you. Making sure that as tired as you are, you, you, you're almost going to sleep while you're fixing dinner. But you do it because the kids can't just eat fast food. Thank you. For the times that you have gone in your room and they didn't hear you crying. Because they were facing something bigger than what mama could help do. And you laid on your face before God. Turned down the plate, didn't eat. Believe in God for their deliverance. Believe in God for their breakthrough. Believe in God for their healing. Believe in God for their protection. God sees it. And we just want to say to you, Mom, thank you. Thank you.
we honor you. We lift you up. And we say, well done. And for every parent who's able to look at your child and listen, no matter where they are on the journey, no matter where they are, and it's a journey now, don't give up. But if any of you all can look and say, look at my son. He's doing well. Look at my daughter. She's doing well. We know that God had a lot to do with that. We know that there are many other people that played a part in them being who they are. But can I tell you something, Mom? You, you played a big part. And you don't give yourself enough credit. Thank you. We honor you. And we celebrate you on this Mother's Day. And for those of you that are new moms and you don't, there's no playbook, right? There's no book that comes with parenting. I know it's hard to sacrifice. You know, it's hard to make those kind of decisions for your kids. But the fruit of making that kind of decision will far outweigh not making that kind of decision. Because nobody in the earth will love you like a mama does. And I pray in Jesus' name that if you are a new mom, that you would find that same encouragement from the text. And that you would use that strength to help build a legacy that will change the world. Heads about, eyes are closed. Father, we love you today and we thank you for another Mother's Day. Thank you for letting us see a contrast in motherhood. One scripture, one text in Revelation showing us this evil woman whose only focus was herself. Leading nations astray, causing kingdoms to get drunk on the wine of suffering of others. But thank you, God, for Proverbs 31, for this virtuous woman who is a mom who cared for her children, made sure that they were cared for, but also leaned into her unique giftings and leveraged those gifts to be a blessing to the poor and a blessing to her family. And so, God, on this 2021, we pray for every single mother. Would you let them know that they're honored today? Would you let them know that they are special? Would you encourage their souls? And God, we pray that you would comfort those who need comforting today and realize that they are the legacy of their mom, and that they would not, God, be overwhelmed with grief on this day. We love you, we honor, and we bless you. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you're listening and you say, well, pastor, I don't know if I have a relationship with God. I know this is a church. I've tuned in to this service today, but I don't know if I ever remember a day that I surrendered my life to Jesus. It's okay, because nobody was born surrendered to Jesus. The Bible says, Jesus said, you know what, don't be amazed. You must have another birth. You must be born again. Because that that's born of the flesh, it's flesh. But he said, but that that gets born of the spirit, their lives become spiritual. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. 
So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us, and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT, or please visit us on our website, Citadel of Faith. Dot org that simply spells C I T A D E L of faith dot org all one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us, and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together, one person at a time.